0: Hey there, we're Christina and Brianne, and one of our greatest passions is enabling female athletes to uncover their greatness, allowing them to break free from their limitations and achieve their biggest dreams. As expert coaches and confidence and mindset educators, we created the elite competitor to enable moms and coaches to build lifelong confidence, resilience, and elite performance. Think of this as your weekly dose of inspiration, where you'll feel enabled with proven strategies, real life stories, and transformative lessons. Welcome to the elite competitor podcast. Today, we are going to dive into a topic that is very complex when you start to dive into it, but at the root of it is actually pretty simple and very, very common among female athletes. Our topic today is three strategies your perfectionist athlete needs now to really help them manage and navigate that perfectionism. All right. I hesitate to say overcome because really we can use parts of perfectionism if we just shift our mindset a little bit around what is actually happening. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So, but first of all, what is perfectionism? Okay, what is it? If we were to boil this down to something very, very simple, perfectionism is a fear of failure. Athletes who are afraid to fail, avoid it by needing to be perfect or hesitating or not giving their all or being overly critical and judgmental of themselves because they feel like they can never do anything good enough. So what it looks like is hesitating, avoiding situations, heavily self-critical, like I said, never good enough, compares a lot to other people because they wanna know where they fit and where they fall in. And it's just this need to do things perfectly or not do them at all, right? And at its root, it's this fear of failing. And if we were to even dig a little deeper It wouldn't just be a fear of failing. It's a fear of being a failure. So athletes who really struggle with perfectionism, really when we nail it all the way down, is this fear that if I fail, I am a failure. And if I make a mistake, that's somehow a flaw in my personal character. So athletes might not be able to articulate this. Right. This isn't um, something that, you know, athletes are just like, okay, well, I struggle with perfectionism because really at the root of it, I'm afraid that I am fundamentally flawed. Right. It is a, a subconscious belief that we pick up along the way that we can't be seen, we can't make mistakes, we can't fail. And if we do, we are a failure rather than kind of delinking those two things. One thing I always like to talk about when I talk about perfectionism is that perfectionism is different than having high standards. So Brene Brown has gone into this a lot, this idea of healthy striving versus perfectionism. I would highly recommend this book, Fear Less by Dr. Pippa Green. She's a sports psychologist who works with football teams. Soccer teams is in the US, but overseas. And she's kind of dubbed as a culture coach also. And she's done a lot of research and was actually on Brene Brown's podcast recently talking about like perfectionism and, you know, fear and how the root of everything that we do is everything that we do that kind of pulls us in a direction we don't want to go at the root of that is fear. So we've been reading a lot and I would just highly recommend it. it's called Fearless by Dr. Pipper Grange. The difference between having high standards and perfectionism is that having high standards is moving and striving towards success. So it's this constant desire to get better. It's the purpose and the passion, um, behind wanting to improve. Whereas perfectionism is running away from failure. All right. So perfectionism is running away from failure, trying to avoid at all costs because if I fail, I am a failure. Whereas having high standards is that internal drive to get better. So I really want to do this. Well, i want to do it as best as I can because I want to constantly be improving and that that target's always getting further and further away. And it's like that thrill, thrill the chase. And it's a good, healthy thing that is happening. Whereas perfectionism looks more like if I make a mistake, I'm going to criticize myself. You know, after a match, I made two errors and that's all I can focus on. I I can't see anything else. And it's just picking myself apart. I can't ever do anything that's good enough because it's just that avoiding failure. So hopefully you can kind of see the difference there. What's interesting is both will get outcomes. Perfectionism can, can lead to an outcome. Being, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, right? In situations where athletes are pushed and pushed and pushed in an unhealthy way from influences like parents or coaches, and then the athlete burns out, but they achieved a ton, right? But they are burnt out and long-term, they are stuck with this idea that they're never good enough, okay? So that's the, the long-term effects. Perfectionism can get some results. It will, because it can drive behavior. That is a huge motivator to avoid failures. It's an enormous motivator. So it can result in some outcomes, okay? But so can that healthy striving and moving towards success. They both do, but one has a long-term effect that's very negative, and one has a long-term effect that's positive that will help with that growth mindset as athletes get older. So hopefully you can see the difference. One other thing before we get to these quick strategies is how do we know the difference? And, you know, what What Dr. Pippa Green is talking about is that how does it feel? Like, what is fueling the perfectionism? So if it feels like if I miss my mark and I'm beating myself up and I feel like I have to take back more control and I have to, you know, judge myself and all these negative things, that's perfectionism. And I'm fueled by a desire not to fail. Okay. But if it feels like I'm inspired rather than weighed down, like, oh, I didn't get that but I'm going to figure out a plan to be better for the next practice and really work on that skill. I'm going to watch film, you know, and I'm going to be invested in the process of getting better. That is being fueled by passion and purpose. And that is where that healthy striving comes in. And that's very healthy. All right. So the difference in athletes is asking themselves, how does this feel when I fail or I miss my mark? How does it feel? Is it fueled by this need to like tear myself down because I didn't do it perfectly? Or is it like, okay, I didn't do it, you know, it didn't happen the way I wanted to, but I can figure out a path to getting back into reaching my goals. Okay. Your first strategy. So for athletes who maybe are struggling with perfectionism, first strategy is to set process oriented goals, set process oriented goals. A lot of times athletes are fixated on the outcome and this is very natural, very normal because the outcome is what we can see. We can see how many points are scored in the game. We can see stats. We can see what team we made. We can see what college offers we're getting. So outcomes are there. And I like to say the outcomes are like the North Star, right? There are things that we're striving towards, but they shouldn't be what we're focusing on all the time. Because a lot is out of our control when we talk about outcomes, especially in a game. There's so many other factors. There's refs. There's the coach. There's the other teammates. There's what's happening in the flow of the game. A lot of times the outcome is not in an athlete's control and it can get really frustrating if we're just focused on, I must score 15 points at all costs. And maybe the game, like, it's not going that way, right? We're our team's doing better by setting another person and they're scoring the points. So like, you know, so if we're tied to these outcomes, that can really be hard for athletes, especially those that struggle with perfectionism because they're just constantly missing the mark. So what we want to do is shift those to process oriented goals. And what that looks like for process-oriented is what are the actions that I need to take to lead to the outcome, right? So what are the specific things that I could be doing that aren't the outcome, but will put me in a good position to get that outcome eventually, right? So if we're talking about basketball and scoring a certain number of points, all right, I can't necessarily know how many points I can score, but I have control over getting open on offense and staying open. So I'm going to focus on staying open. That's all I'm going to do right? Because I know that's going to put me in the best position to receive the ball and shoot. If we're talking volleyball, same thing. If I'm focusing on getting a certain number of kills, maybe I can't control how many kills I get because there's blockers on the other side. There's all sorts of stuff, but I can control getting off the net and getting available because that is going to put me in the best position to get that outcome goal. All right. So have athletes sit down and like, what are those outcome goals that they want? Those are great. Now, what are the, what's the process to get there? All right. List as many things as they can think of and then focus on just one or two of them. All right. I would actually say just one because our brain does best when we're focusing on one thing. But trust that if you're focusing on that process, eventually it will lead to a desirable outcome. So that is number one, set process oriented goals. All right. Number two is redefine success. So similar to one, outcomes, success. A lot of times athletes, especially those that struggle with perfectionism, see success as only winning, not making mistakes, scoring a certain number of points. Like all of these are just the markers of success that they go by. And that can leave athletes feeling like they're never good enough. If that is their only marker of success is their outcome and how they're, how they're achieving basically. Okay, so I'm not saying athletes should not have big dreams. They definitely should. They should have goals. They should have dreams. They should have a vision for themselves. We talk a lot about that in our trainings and our programs. But without reframing how they define that success, they can always feel like they're in pursuit of something that doesn't exist for them. Okay, so we're gonna take it back down to things like I'm going to define success based on my improvement from day to day. So maybe they're tracking um, their progress, okay, and comparing their performance to their self over time. Maybe it's reaching those process-oriented goals that they set for themselves in strategy one, right? Like, okay, in that match, I got available almost every set I was available, all right? So redefining success in that way, or mastery of new skills, or their recovery to fail, or maintaining daily habits. Like in our program, in the Elite Competitor Program, our athletes are doing something called the Daily Beast. It's like their daily mindset routine. So, you know, the success for that day was working on my mindset for two minutes. Okay. So kind of redefining what success is beyond just winning. All right. And beyond just scoring a certain amount of points and beyond being perfect in practice and not making any mistakes. All right. Third one, this is a very tangible one. And that's just have a solid post-competition routine. And I would say absolutely after, after matches and competitions, but even after practices, because people and athletes who struggle with perfectionism have this tendency to only focus on what went wrong. So the practice could be two or three hours long. They get in the car and all they're talking about is two errors that they made on defense. Okay. Or that one time that they messed up when it's like, well, there was like two hours worth of of playing that happened. There had to have been some other great things that that happened during that time. Okay. And we're not saying that we don't want to improve, but that's where this post-competition routine comes in. So post-competition routine is very intentional. I have athletes do it at least within 24 hours of competing. And it's a very intentional way to identify what is going well so that we can replicate it. And only one thing to improve on and an action plan to improve. And it's really focused on critiquing performance, not criticizing performance. So I'll hear athletes, especially those that struggle with perfectionism, say things like, I had a crappy practice today. Or that game sucked. Okay, and that's all, that's all just judgment, all right? And it's just fueled by this like negative emotion and it's really hard to do anything with it, okay? But saying something like I missed three serves is information, that's, that's critiquing. All right, you missed three serves. So what can we do next practice to focus on making those three serves or even making one of those three serves again? Is it a technique thing? Is it a focus thing? So then we can create a plan and athletes can feel more confident knowing that they have control over that. And they can, you know, feel confident knowing that they, they have a plan going forward. All right. So we actually have a post-competition routine that we use in our program as a download. I'll put that at the end. It's christinabrand.com slash routine, and you can download the routine that we use in our program. It's just very simple, but you know, simple is effective. All right. The last little thing is um, a bonus. So again, I say this a lot, but separate worth from work. So, a lot of times, people and athletes who struggle with perfectionism tie their self worth and who they are to what they do. And you, as a parent and as a mom, really have a big role and a, a really big influence in this as your daughter navigates this. Because if we're only praising our athletes when they're doing the big things, making the game winning shots, scoring as many points as they can, you know, like, Doing those outcome things, if we're only recognizing and only praising them during those times, then they start to link my performance is who I am. And when I fail, I'm a failure. And we really want to narrow that gap, how they feel when they perform their best and how they feel when they perform their worst. We want them still to have a good image of who they are as a person, regardless of what they do and how they perform. So the way that we can do that as moms and as parents and as coaches is to highlight those process oriented things, all right? So to draw attention to them, you know, I saw that you've been putting, you've been putting a lot of work into your jump shot and it showed, or when your athlete, when your teammate was having a hard time on the court, you went up to her and, and you made her feel better, right? That's being a good teammate. Or you were hustling across the field, you know, to get back on defense when you could have given up. So those things that are in their control rather than outcomes. And then of course, just recognizing them as people, highlighting those qualities, those positive qualities that we see in our athletes and in our kids that have nothing to do with who they are as athletes, but everything to do with who they are as people. So we can't do that enough. All right, so that's what I have for you. I'll leave you with a quote, okay? Now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. John, good old John Steinbeck. So that's what I have for you today. Hope this was helpful. And this is obviously a topic that is very important and it needs to be talked about because a lot, a lot, a lot of athletes struggle with it. And we always say it's not if, your female athlete struggles with perfectionism. It's to what extent it influences her game. So it's just important to have these strategies in in your back pocket and to kind of know where this is coming from. All right. And if you go to christinabrian.com slash routine, that is where that post-competition routine sheet can be found. All right, everyone. See you next week.